even as your soul prosper, thus saith the word. Thank God for his word. We magnify you. We give your name to praise. We glorify you. And we know that you are the author and the finisher of our faith. Father, we thank you for this ministry. We thank you for the revelation knowledge that you have bestowed on me. And let my mouth be a mouth for your glory. Let my words bring deliverance to your people that they may grow and understand and know the wiles of the devil and feel and discern the fiery dots of the wicked. Thank you, Jesus. And we forever will give you the praise. Amen and amen. Today, text is about putting on your coveralls. The coveralls in the natural are a garment that farmers use to protect themselves. Coveralls are most farmers were these in regard for a significant part of the safety equation because they are some of the most popular work garments. They are usually worn over ordinary clothing or purely as work uniforms, but plays a more vital role in protecting workers from harmful substances, dirt, or stain, among other things. Now, in the spirit, Paul talks about putting on the whole armor of God, which is cover alls. In other words, you want to cover all aspects of your life and be protected from the enemy. And that's what Paul said in Ephesians, the sixth chapter, starting at the 10th verse. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. In other words, put on your coveralls for your protection. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore having your loins girded about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Now, the reason why he said above all, because that's what's going to keep you, is to have faith in God. So above all these other things, you must have faith. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery dots of the wicked 
and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utters that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the gospel. And this is what Paul said, to make known the mysteries of the gospel. Now, preachers, pastors, evangelists, apostles, and prophets need to know the mysteries of the gospel. Why? Because you are a minister for God. So what Paul is saying is cover all aspects of your life with this walk and this battle that we have in the spirit because we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. And we're going to talk about that in a layman or deeper aspect of understanding what Paul is saying. The armor of God are coveralls in the spirit to protect us from the enemy that wants to enforce his will on us by altering our purpose for God in the crown of life. And that's why we have to put on the whole armor of God. We have to put on our coveralls. In other words, we have to cover all aspects of the battle with the enemy. We have to cover all. Now, first king, the second chapter, starting at the first verse. Now the days of David drew nigh that he should die. And he charged Solomon his son, saying, I go thy way, I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong, therefore, and show thyself a man, and keep the charge of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies. As it is written in the law of Moses, that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest. And whatsoever, and whithersoever thou turn up thyself, that the Lord may continue his word which he spake concerning me, saying, If thy children take heed to their way to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, there shall not fail thee, said he, a man on the throne of Israel. Now, it says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. If you listen to what the apostle was saying, he said, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. In other words, you may be strong. And in the Amplified, it says, in conclusion, be strong, like David was telling Solomon. In the Lord, draw your strength from him and be empowered through your union with him. And in the power of his boldness, boundless, 
might. Put on the full armor of God, for his precepts are like the splendid armor of a heavily armed soldier, so that ye may be able to successfully stand up against all the schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the rulers, against powers, against the world forces of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly supernatural places. Therefore, put on the complete armor of God so that ye will be able to successfully resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger. And having done everything that the crisis demands to stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable, victorious. So stand firm and hold your ground. Having tightened the wide band of truth, personal integrity, moral courage around your waist and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and upward heart and having strapped on your feet the gospel of peace in preparation to face the enemy with firm-footed stability and the readiness produced by the good news. Above all, lift up the protective shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God, with all prayers, petition, pray with specific requests. Be direct to what you try, what you're praying about at all times, on every occasion, and in every season in the spirit. And with this in view, stay alert with all perseverance and petition, interceding in prayer for all God's people. And Paul is saying, and pray for me that words may be given to me when I open my mouth to proclaim boldly the mystery of the good news of salvation. And we need to have prayer for our leaders, prayer for our pastors, our evangelists, prophets, teachers, you want to pray for all of them. Pray for them because they need to have the boldness to convey the mysteries of the good news. Thank God and thank God for his armor. And we need to cover all. So put on your coveralls and let's begin this battle together because we are going through a battle in our minds this is a spiritual warfare no more physical in the Old Testament yes they had physical battles Ziglag was burned with fire you had the mighty man of Barb Gideon was looking for an army 
and the ones that lapped like a dog, the ones that were chosen to fight in the battle. Now, that's physical. Now, we're in, we crossed over into the spirit world where Jesus said, Behold, I will send you a comforter. And that's what happened after the day of Pentecost. And the apostle Paul was chosen to finish the work that Jesus had when he was upon the earth. And the apostle Paul gave his life because he was stricken blind by his Jesus. And Jesus asked Paul, why did thou persecute thy me? And Paul came to himself after he was blinded and recognized that Jesus is Lord. And he decided that he wanted to be a preacher or a minister of the gospel. And he became one of the greatest apostles. So the apostle Paul is telling us to put on the whole armor of God. Why? Because we are living in a day that we need the spirit of God and we need his armor. And his armor represents coverage. It covers all aspects of our life because the enemy is trying to alter our purpose. And David said to Solomon, now the days of David drew nigh that he should die. And he charged Solomon, his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong, therefore, and show thyself a man. So it's no longer being a child. You have to man up now. Though you're going through, man up. Hagar, the second chapter, fourth verse, yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, said the Lord, and bring and be strong, O Joshua, son of Josedach, the high priest, and be strong, all ye people of the land, said the Lord, and work, for I am with you, said the Lord of hosts. Now, you're not in this battle alone. That's why Paul named certain aspects of the coverage in this battle. When Paul said, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places. So, in other words, we cannot see the enemy, but we can discern the enemy. And we can know and feel which is discernment, his attacks. Zechariah, the fourth chapter, starting at the first verse, and the angel that talked with me came again and waked me as a man that is waking out of his sleep and said unto me, what seest thou? Question. And I said, I have looked and behold a candlestick all of gold with a bowl upon the top of it and his seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes to the seven lamps, which are upon the top thereof, and two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl, and the other upon the left side thereof. So I answered and, and spake to the angel that talked with me, saying, 
What are these, my Lord? Then the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, said the Lord. Who art thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? Thou shalt become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shouting, crying, grace, grace unto it. The, the, most, the best part of this passage is that the angel spoke and said, he answered to, this is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel saying, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, said the Lord. Now, might is physical. Power is a possession. But the spirit is free. The spirit of the Lord, whatever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So it's not by physical, it's not by possession, but it's by the spirit of the Lord, which is freedom. So these three things, the enemy is trying to fight us with might and power. And we know that Paul said that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. And Zechariah couldn't understand what he saw, and the angel told him, it's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Exodus, the 15th chapter. God, our strength, we cannot fight this battle alone. Then saying Moses and the children of Israel, we're talking about strength with God, having the strength with God, because we can't have strength without God. It's by his spirit. It's not by might, nor, it's not, nor by power, but it's by his spirit, said the Lord. Then saying Moses, and the children of Israel disowned unto the Lord and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider have he thrown into the sea. Now he's talking about Pharaoh and his army. The Holy Spirit parted the Red Sea in order for the Israelites to cross over unto the other side. And Pharaoh and his army was trying to come over also to the other side, but the horses and his riders have he thrown into the sea. In other words, covered them up after that the Israelites crossed over unto the other side and they drowned. The Lord 
is my strength and song, and he is become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him in habitation. My father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. See, God suffered violence in heaven, but the violence took it by force. In other words, the enemy was kicked out. See, the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Now, if you're bothering or trying to alter his people, then that's when God intervenes. And not only that he intervenes, but he gives you the strength to hold on. Psalms 28, the fourth chapter. Give them according to their deeds and according to the wickedness of their endeavors. Give them after the work of their hands. Render to them their desert because they regard not the works of the Lord, nor the operation of his hands. See, people think they're doing things on their own, but God is the one that's orchestrating what's happening. And the thing is, even with the wealth, when they was bragging about their wealth and they thought they was getting it on their own, but God is the one that give you power to get wealth. Hands, because they regard not the works of the Lord, nor the operation of his hands, he shall destroy them and not build them up. Blessed be the Lord because he hath heard the voice of my supplication. He hath heard the voice of my supplication. Now see, that's why Paul said praying always in all prayer and supplication. Being specific of what you're talking about. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoices. And with my song will I praise him. The Lord is their strength. And he is the saving strength of his anointed. So as long as we stay in God. And we're seeking and we put on the, the coveralls or the armor of God. Then we're able to stand when the enemy comes. Psalms 84 and 5. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them. Psalms 46. And one, God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Resist the devil. This is what the Bible says. Resist the devil from Satan's wiles. We are in a spiritual warfare against Satan's power, against evil spirits and spiritual darkness. Now, here's the thing. The concept of having this armor on is not to be corrupt. And the enemy comes to corrupt. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. And that's his main goal is to kill, steal, and destroy. And he wants to kill your dreams. He wants to destroy your purpose. And he wants to steal your anointing. Or he wants to steal 
anything that's positive, anything that's that's good for you, the devil is trying to come to steal. Now, that's why Paul said, put on the whole armor of God. Our domestic duty is what the farmers are doing is to put on the coveralls, which is the whole armor of God. First, you resist temptation. Second, you become unmovable. Three, steadfastness. You steadfast in the faith. Girdle, Revelation, the first chapter, verse 13, and in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to his foot, and girded about the paps with a golden girdle. In other words, he was covered all. His body was covered all. Truthfulness, breastplate, which is a solid steel, righteousness, spiritual feet. Second Samuel 22, 32nd verse, for who is God, saith the Lord. And who is a rock? Save our God. God is my strength and power, and he maketh my way perfect. He maketh me feet. He maketh my feet like hinds feet, and setteth me upon my high places. Now, if you go back to what Paul was saying about spiritual wickedness in high places, we're doing battles in high places. Like an eagle that raises above the dark clouds. Now the eagle, he can fly above the clouds and he can see what's going on. So in other words, we have to have an eagle eye when the enemy is trying to attack you. Preparation, study to prepare yourself with patience. Number 10 is faith. 11 is in, in, invisibility, the quality of being too powerful to be defeated or overcome. Invincibility, the quality of being too powerful to be defeated or overcome. 12, the helmet of salvation. Any of various forms of protective head covering worn by soldiers. The helmet of salvation. You're protected. Psalms 23 and 1. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He protects us and he guides us. Hebrews, uh, the third, number 13 weapons. Hebrews 4, 12. The word of God is our weapon. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, if you know God's word, you have discernment. When you see the devil moving, you can see God's word counteract his movement. Why? Because you know God's word. It's sharp. It's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The power of God's word and is the sword 
it is the sword of the spirit. See, God's word is the sword of the spirit. And then Paul was saying that in Ephesians, the sword of the spirit. Number 14 is prayer. Philippians 4 and 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. 15. Perseverance. Steady persistence in a course of action, a purpose, a state, especially in spite of difficulties, obstacles, or discouragement. Pray for one another to continue in this spiritual warfare. We, we need to pray for one another because we are in a spiritual warfare and if one person is wounded then we have to build that person up by what? Way of God's word and way of prayer. Prayer. Continue in prayer. Always pray. And watch in the same with thanksgiving utterance. A voice that has the revelation knowledge of God's word. Mysteries given by way of revelation. Utterance. That's what utterance is. A voice that has the revelation knowledge of God's word. Mysteries given by way of revelation. We need revelation because the enemy is a deceiver. He is the author of lies. Now here's the bishop in Timothy when Paul was talking about the bishops. This is a true saying. If a man desires the office of a bishop, he desires a good thing. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy, a filthy lucre. Now that's part of the enemy's weapon against us. But patience, not a brawler, not covetous. One that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his house, his own house, how shall he take care of the church? Now, if you read about the strong man, we'll get into that, but one of the aspects of the enemy's weapon, of the enemy's weapon is filthy lucre, and we're gonna get into that. The phrase filthy lucre is greedy for money. First Peter 5, starting the second verse. Feed the flock of God, which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not being forced in the ministry, not for filthy lucre, now, there's that word again, filthy lucre. But of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Now, there's a reason why these apostles is talking about not being greedy for money. You know why? Because you have a crowd that's following you. And if you are greedy for money, then that's what's going to rule your life and rule your ministry if you allow it. 
and the enemy, and the enemy knows this. So he uses the spirit of filthy lucre to offset your purpose. So be careful. Paul said it. Peter said it. Be careful and don't be given into filthy lucre. We're going to get more into that uh, as we go on. Matthew, the 21st chapter, 12th verse. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers. Okay, filthy lucre. And the seats of them that sold doves. And said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. Now, I'm going to explain to you why that we have to put on this whole armor of God, especially in these days, in real time. We definitely need to put on the whole armor of God. We need to cover all points and aspects of the attack from the enemy. First Samuel. This is Samuel and his two sons. And listen, this is part of the high places. Spiritual wickedness in high places. First Samuel, the eighth chapter, Samuel retired and he left his two sons in charge which were judges but I'm going to read starting at the first verse and it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel now the name of his firstborn was Joel and the name of his second Abiah they were judges in Beersheba and his sons walked not in his ways, not in Samuel's ways, walked not in his ways, but turned aside after lucre and took bribes and perverted judgment. In other words, they took bribe and perverted judgments. Now, if you look in real time, we have perverted judgment judges. We have perverted lawyers. We have perverted prosecutors. We have perverted people that are in high places. That's why he says spiritual wickedness in high places. And his sons walk not in his ways, but turned aside after lucre and took bribes and perverted judgment. Then all the elders of the Israel of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. A father is the head of the household. You have a family. You are the covering of that family because you are the head of the household. 
But if the devil attacks the head, he has control of the house and can create general curses if you allow the devil to come in and take over and become head of the household when you're supposed to be the head of the household and the father is a farmer, so the father has to have on his coveralls. In other words, the father has to have on the armor to protect his family from the enemy. Father is the head of the household. You are your family's covering. But if the devil attacks the head, he has control of the house and can create general, generational curses. It's called recycle of curses. So he came in, he binds strong man. And if you read Mark, the third chapter, the 27th verse, the man can enter into a strong, a man can't enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he will first bind the strong man and then he will spoil his house. And that's what the enemy tries to do. He tries to come at the leaders. Why? Because the leaders are, are the coverings of certain aspects of areas that they cover. We're in the army. You have generals. Some generals cover this area. Other generals cover this area. So in other words, the concept is like a father that is the head of his household. So if you, if you attack the general, then you have attacked the whole team that the general is over. Now you have control. Mark, read it. The third chapter, the 27th verse. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he will first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his goods. Now, David was greatly distressed. Why? Because Ziklag was burned with fire. David and his men wasn't there. So the devil took advantage of that because the covering was gone. But David came back. He cried because the men talked about him, blamed him because Ziklag was burned with fire. And David was with them, but they still blamed him. So David was greatly distressed, distressed. He cried and he cried and he cried and he cried again until he had no power to weep. And David decided to say to himself, stop crying and start pursuing. So David begged for his servant to bring me hither the ephod and he brought him the ephod, which represents the 12 tribes of Israel. The ephod is a vest, and it represents the 12 tribes of Israel. So Paul said, put on the breastplate of righteousness. David put on the ephod. Now, most of this in real time has a lot to do with money and power. But you have to keep on your coveralls. Or you have to keep yourself covered with coveralls or with, with in the spirit 
the whole armor of God. See, we are farmers. We all are farmers, especially the fathers. They plant seeds in the lives of their wife and their children. That's why they are the head of the household. But when the devil comes in and try to bind the strong man, guess what happens? He done comfort the house. And now he done set forth different types of spiritual generational curses. So if you read Luke, the fourth chapter, starting at verse, first, first verse, and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now listen, why I say that this is in real time based on money and power. And Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days, he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command these, this stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, See, the devil was trying to set him up. And Jesus answered him, and saying, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And the devil taking him up. Now, this is about the money and the power. And the devil taking him up into an high mountain, showing unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment's time. And the devil said unto him, all this power. Listen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Money and power. This is this exactly what the devil works with. And that's why Paul said, put on the whole armor of God. In other words, you have to be steadfast because temptation is coming. Listen to what the enemy said to the Christ, the anointed one. And the devil said unto him, all this power would I give to thee. And the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me, in other words, if thou shalt, if thou therefore wilt worship me or sell your life to me, or give your life to me, then all shall be done. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. I'm going to stop right there and elaborate on that because the thing is, these principalities, these powers, these spiritual wickedness in high places are operating on saying that you can have this if you do that. Now we're living in a corrupt world right now. And they're selling themselves their lives for money and power. And Jesus told Satan, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall thou serve. And he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, if thou be the Son of God, 
cast thyself down from hence, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over thee, Psalms 91, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. In other words, your distant, your, your, um, what they call it, your direction change because you dash your foot against the stone. So your direction change, so they not they're, they're not able to save you, which is still a dumb thing to say. And Jesus answered, said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. Now, principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness in high places are brought with temptation, with the spirit of filthy lucre, power, money, and power. And humanity, the devil is trying to destroy through money and power. And if he can get the leaders that was chosen by God to become a leader for any nation, the devil wants to exploit it. That's why Paul wanted us to put on the whole armor of God so we can protect ourselves from the wiles of the devil. Why? Because he has wicked devices and he wants to exploit or pervert your position with God. Most of this in real time, listen, has a lot to do with money and power. Job, prime example, the first chapter, starting at the sixth verse. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, What cometh thou? Then Satan answered, the Lord, Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it, and the Lord said unto Satan, has thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feared God and is true evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Thou, Job, fear God for naught. Has not thou made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? He's talking about Job Riches and his family. Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. Listen, money and power is what the devil was after with Job. He's saying if he can take away Job's money and his power, I can have him to curse you to your face. But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord 
And you know the story. Some of us know the story. And what happened? He took away Job's riches. He killed his whole family. Why? Because he thought that the money and the power is the only reason why Job will worship God. And see, here's the thing. It's the same concept in real time right now. Some of us are struggling. We're going through. Uh, some of us are living in poverty. And the enemy knows this. So he wants to tempt you with filthy lucre. And filthy lucre comes in many ways. It comes in a way of being a con artist. It comes in a way of being uh, a drug dealer. It comes in a way of being a person that commits fraud. Filthy lucre comes in many ways. So that's why Paul said put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the devil, the enemy, stand against him. Because why? It's all about, in real time, it's all about money and power and destroying humanity. And we need to realize that. Now, all of that, what Paul was saying, offsets what the enemy is trying to do to us. He's trying to destroy us. He doesn't want us to have anything, but he tries to offer you everything, just like he did with Jesus. He offered Jesus things that Jesus already was the owner of. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. So, in other words, it was already Jesus' kingdoms and whatever the devil was trying to present to him. Listen, whatever you want from God, you don't have to do it through the enemy devices. And that's what Paul is saying to be steadfast. Protect yourself from the wiles of the devil. See, the devil is cunning. He use, he can use a, a, a pretty woman or a nice looking man or he can use uh, someone that has a great scheme that can make you ten, twenty thousand dollars in one day. It's filthy lucre. It's spiritual wickedness in high places. When you reach into those levels of high places and principalities, you are going up against the wiles of the devil. The devil don't want you if you're not a leader. You know what I said? Because you don't have any power. You don't have any control. You can't possess anything. But if he can exploit that, and then by you having the authority then you can make things happen for him if you take heed to his wicked devices. So put on your coveralls and protect yourself with God and Jesus is on the inside of you to help you be strong and resist the enemy. In Jesus' name, God, I pray that we can stand fast 